Hey friends, welcome to Girls Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson and I am so happy that you're here. Each week I have a girlfriend over and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the absolute full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends and I cannot wait to get started. In today's episode, I have two friends here with me and they both happen to be named Mackenzie. I'm chatting with Mackenzie Wilson and Mackenzie Baker, the founders of Delight Ministries. This is actually their second time on the show, but I love them so much. I just knew we had to have them back. Delight is a nationwide ministry that invites college women into Christ-centered community that fosters vulnerability and transforms stories. I love the work that they do. And actually, they have two new ventures to go along with Delight. One's called For the Girl, and the other one is called The Tent, but we'll talk more about those in this episode. And speaking of this episode, I get messages all the time from women who are wanting to step into leadership. For some of them, it's within their church. They want to work in college ministry or women's ministry or children's ministry. For others, they feel like God has given them a heart for women and a story to share, and they're trying to figure out what to do with that. I found that so many of us have asked the same questions. We're wondering, what do I do next? How do I get started? Am I ready for leadership? Am I being called to leadership? How do I know? And so today, that's what we're talking about. If you've ever felt like you might want to work in ministry in some way or become a leader of some kind, this episode is for you. And also, even if you haven't felt that urge, this episode is still for you. Mac and Ken's have so much wisdom to share about faith and life in general. I know you're going to love them. But before we dive in, friends, if you are looking for a way to grow closer in your relationship with God, I have the perfect resource for you. It's my newest book, which is actually a guided prayer journal, and it's called Every Single Moment, 100 Powerful Prayers to Help You Savor the Present and Prepare for the Future. This prayer journal was designed to help single women connect with God through prayer in a whole new way, leaving them full of joy, alive with hope, and ready for love. Not only will it help women pray for their future husbands, it'll help them be ready for marriage when the time comes, and it'll help them make the most of every single moment along the way, all through the power of prayer. Friends, every single moment really is a life-changing way of praying for your future relationships. And if you head to esmaywilsonshop.com, you can grab your very own copy. I can't wait to share this with you. Okay, with that said, let's jump into the episode. Here is my conversation with Mac and Ken's. All right, friends, I'm so excited for who I have on the show today. I'm sitting here with my friends, Mac and Ken's from Delight Ministries. Guys, <laughs> Welcome back to Girls Night. Yeah, uh, This is our second time. It's your second I'm time. I'm so honored to be invited so back. Honored. I'm so glad you're here. And it's kind of funny where we are right now. I wish you guys could see us. Um, I'm actually in the Delight offices. So I've kicked <laughs> Mac and Ken's out of their own host chair, their own podcast host chair, because uh, they're doing construction next to my house, yes. which is where I normally record. Yes. So we're in the Delight offices and I've taken over the Delight offices. So welcome to yes. my <laughs> You're awesome. owning it. I kind of like I should be asking you questions I know. like it is a mind switch yeah. right now I'm like okay oh, oh I'm on I'm in the hot seat okay, yeah great. yeah well okay to start out tell us who you are what yes. you do and 
Oh, fun fact about you guys. Oh, yes. Oh, we are excited. Can we tell each other's fun facts? Is that a good one? Yeah, you can. I feel like we're, that's our default kind of. It's easier to tell a fun fact about someone else. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, we are the co-founders of Delight Ministries, which is the college women's ministry. We have chapters at college campuses all across the country. So there might be one at your university, whoever I'm speaking to, you can check it out online. If not, you could start one, but we love Delight. Basically, they meet weekly and just a community to chase after the Lord together in college because college is hard and it can be lonely. And oftentimes you can like start to slip away from your faith just because there's so many distractions and things pulling you in so many different directions. And so to have a place that you can come to weekly and just feel known and loved and called into your purpose is so, so huge. So seriously, if you're in college, you should join a delight or start one. But anyways, yes, we started one in college. We're best friends business partners <laughs> and <laughs> all the things. Um, a fun fact about Mac is she's a pastor's kid, P- PK, PK. And I feel like you're a lot like one too. If there's really? a stereotype, you might fit it. Which, okay. But there's two types of like pastor kid stereotypes. Yeah. There's like okay. the, cool, there's like the the goody goody, goody goody, and then or there's, there's like the, the kid who just like went is off the wild. Rails. <laughs> yeah, I'm that one, right? Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> that is off the rails. She's definitely the goody goody, but don't picture like uh, homely, home, homeschooled goody goody, like where you're like too like caught in a little bubble and like you just don't know anything in the real world. She like is definitely accustomed to the real world. Yeah, and is cool. I like to think like so. you know, like got the got a little edge, but she's also pastor's kid. So I love that. And recently I've just been realizing that a lot of people who are like pastors now and, you know, just a lot of like the thought leaders and influences of our day. So many of them are (laughs) pastors kids and it's crazy. It's crazy. I think a lot of people who are pastors kids, you either like run away from ministry or you're like, all right. I'm sticking in it. I love this. this. I'm going to follow in dad's footsteps. This is not the first time you've said that. I think you're pretty proud of that statement. Yeah, no, I was literally like, should I be ashamed of being a PK? And now I'm like, no, I'm you're owning like, it. I'm a PK. <laughs> um, I feel like this is a slightly different. I'm also a PK. Oh. In a, I'm a psychologist's kid. Oh. Two psychologist kids. I don't know if I've shared this on the show, oh but gosh. both my parents are psychologists, oh. and which is kind of a weird thing. Like, yeah, they, they didn't psychoanalyze me. Yeah, I was gonna up. say, did they do that to you? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. I feel like in a way it was kind of like being a pastor's kid yeah. because my parents, their uh-huh. job was helping other people. Mm. But growing up, I was always like, your jobs are not cool. I'm not doing anything <laughs> even remotely connected to this in my life. Yeah. And like, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a pastor even, but I'm like, I'm like maybe adjacent in a way. Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I haven't you run get as, it a little bit. Yeah, for I sure. I haven't run as far away from, from that as I yeah. intended to. Yeah, yeah. So. no, that's <laughs> so true. That's amazing. You know, one of the perks of being a pastor's kid, and I realized this when I was home with my family for Christmas break or whatever, mm-hmm. I don't realize that seriously, if I'm out to dinner with my dad, somebody always pays for the meal. Like literally. And you never, like, you just get the waiter shows up and they're like, Oh, somebody paid for your meal. Cause like my dad's a pastor and it's a community. So you see somebody from the church, like everywhere you go, people are so kind to their pastors. It's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. Well, Mac, give us a a fun fact about Ken's. Okay. Fun fact about Ken's. She's going to hate me for this. Oh, I know where she's going. She is newly vegan. Oh, 
You are? I didn't think she was going there. <laughs> Newly vegan. Newly vegan. Just because I think it's kind of cool. She like thought it was cool and wanted to try out the vegan lifestyle. <laughs> How's it going I, so far? It's honestly easy. It's pretty easy. Yeah. Other than when you crave like a muffin. Have I you love cheated? Muffins. I, those peanut butter pretzels or M&Ms out there. You've been eating those. I've been eating those. That's the only thing I've cheated on though. That's but they're just bad. haunting me. They're just minimal here, dairy, you know? Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's not bad. It's I not bad. I'm, I'm really impressed. I don't think I could ever, I mean, you guys, everyone knows this. Pizza is my thing. <laughs> oh, There's no way. There's so many things I can't get The vegan thing at pizza, with pizza. See, yeah. I just love meat. Like, I know that sounds so weird. Know, yeah. I love, like, a steak. I just yes. do. I don't think I could do it. You're a nope. meat girl, Matt. I'm a meat girl. That <laughs> <laughs> should have been my fun fact about her. Oh she loves God. a chunk of steak. Okay, but you know what Ken's <laughs> loves? Oh, no. You're a meat. She's uh, lamb. She likes lamb. She's embarrassed <laughs> of it. She's going to be so mad that I'm saying you're this. Me. I thought you meant like, I don't know what I thought you meant. Like, like you're, yeah, I don't know if you pronounced it this No, oh, yeah. you say Europe. Yeah. You always say it's Gyro. But that's what well, it's Europe. Yeah. See, we love this place in Nashville. It's called Athens. Have you been to it before? No, it's a Greek it's restaurant. Cool. And we take people there a lot. And like, I never ordered the gyro gyro when I'm with people but if it's just Mac and I I'll get it and it's because I'm embarrassed she's embarrassed (laughs) she likes it okay here's the deal and then we have to get on track yeah um I want to hear everyone on Instagram over the next week or so send us a message send a message to me and to delight it's at delight ministries yes and tell us what (laughs) the food is that you love but usually don't order if you're with people you don't know very well that's good good. yes Yes. everybody has one oh i have like a list of them yes (laughs) like if people are around i'll order something else but if i'm by myself i'm ordering this so you guys have to send us a message okay um so mac and kins i'm so excited to have you guys here and I get so many messages from women all the time who mm. are like, Steph, I love Jesus. I love God. I have been walking in my relationship with him for a long time. And okay. I I want to do something more with that. Like I yeah. want to reach out to women who are like me, or I want to serve this community, or I think I might want to lead a small group, or I might mm. want to do something similar to what you're doing. Yeah. And I know that women reach out to you guys and say the same thing. We have so many women in in y'all's delight community and in my community yeah. who like want to serve in the church or want to be in ministry in some mm-hmm. way. But there are so many things that hold us back, yeah. so many like doubts and fears, and we're, so many things yeah. we're not sure about as we're stepping into these things, mm-hmm. which I know we've all experienced. Oh, yeah. So really, that's what I want to dive into mm. today. And my hope is that as women are listening, they feel in a deeper way and, and mm. understand in a new way that if you want to be a part of what God's doing in the world, yeah. there is a spot for you. Yeah. So, so to kind of kick things off, tell us, how did you guys get started in ministry? Mm. Like, how did <laughs> how did this happen? <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. So, well, we were in college and got to college and we both moved like kind of far away to, to go to, to go to college and got there. And it was really hard for us to find community. Like there's just a lack of, we were really passionate about our faith and there is a lack of people, um, pursuing God or a community that was pursuing God, like a place to plug in and meet like-minded people and all the things. And, uh, we just started to put our faith on the back burner and it like became really hard. And 
yeah, we just saw a need. Like we got dinner one day, the end of our freshman year. And we were like, there is such a need right now for, you know, we both couldn't find this community that was like Christ-centered where women were chasing after God. And um, we were like, well, we should start one. And I think that's really like where it is tied is like, we just saw a need and like, we weren't going to wait for somebody else to, to do it. We just like did it. We were like, we should step into this. We should start something where women feel welcome. Like we can do it. We didn't feel like leaders at the time. Like we were like, I was actually pretty new to my faith. Like if I was, if there was somebody to do it, it wouldn't have been me. It probably would have been somebody who had Who'd been a pastor's kid? You remember that? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, there was just a need, and we were like, okay, are we going to do this? Like, do we have enough faith that God can work through us, even though we feel inadequate? We feel young. We're freshmen. We feel a little lost. We don't have this community, yeah, like, yeah. and just went after it. So yeah, yeah, and I think it's funny. I think when we started delight and we started leading quote unquote, I don't think I saw it as leadership in the beginning. I, I, mm-hmm. I wasn't like, I want to be a leader. Let's do this. Yeah. I really just think I had a craving for community and I had a craving for a space where I could really talk about my faith. And I think yeah. that's where Ken's was too. And it just kind of was the natural knee jerk reaction to be like, okay, if I can't find this, I guess we have to create this. Yeah. And then suddenly you go, Oh, I'm leading something. Like, yeah. I'm kind of like leading a group of women. Mm-hmm. And that was so funny to me because I think if I would have thought I was signing up for a leadership position, you know, mm-hmm. I would have probably been way more fearful. <laughs> Scared, <yeah. laughs> so it's cool that God kind of just opened that door in that way. And I, yeah. I didn't even see it as leadership at first. And then suddenly here, here we both are like eight years into our leadership journey. So mm-hmm. I think that that's the cool thing. Just one of the kind things mm-hmm. that God does is he, Sometimes we get thrown in the deep end, but sometimes like we, if we're taking little steps forward, we don't realize necessarily what we're headed towards, but like things happen in just smaller chunks than we imagine. Like my first step was, um, I was offered a, a part-time unpaid internship at the college ministry that had totally changed my life. I'd been a Christian for like 45 minutes. Not really. Really. (laughs) It was like, it was like maybe four months that I've really, really been following God. But I, for me, it was such a 180. Like my life was headed in one direction. I met Jesus and it flipped. And so So even though I was new, I was totally in and they really took a chance on me and offered me this internship. And the cool thing, my favorite thing about it was that I got to lead a small group of sorority girls Mm -hmm. and no one else had been, no one else on staff had been in a sorority. And so they didn't really like know what to do with us, I guess. And there were some sorority women that went to the college ministry, but there just wasn't a place like where everyone could be together. And so Mm -hmm. they're like, Stephanie, do you want to start like a Greek Bible study? Like, sure. And we had probably 27 women in it and we would meet every Sunday. And my job was to just like love them and be their friend and be a sounding board and tell them what I've learned. And I mean, I wasn't very far ahead of them, but I think sometimes, I think there are two, two ways that, and obviously it happens in all kinds of different ways, but there are two Mm -hmm. ways that I feel like God kind of shows us, gives us opportunities. And I think one of them is we need something and we can't find it. Like we see a need, we can't find it. So either we just give up or we make it ourselves. And then the other thing is looking at your life and seeing what you've been through. I think one of the cool things that God offers us is that we get to turn around and help people who are just right behind us going through the same thing. So if you've gone through like 
you know, if your parents have gotten divorced and that's Mm. a huge part of your story, you have a unique ability to speak into the lives of women whose parents have gotten divorced or, you know, whatever the thing is. Yeah. Um, I love that. So, and women started joining Delight right away and (laughs) it grew and grew. And yeah, how many campuses are you guys on now? Oh my gosh. That's a big question. We're at the beginning of the semester. So we're always like unsure. It's probably about 155-ish. So it's crazy. It's grown so fast. So, so fast. Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. That's so good. (laughs) But I love what you said there. Like, you know, if that's something that you've walked through, like your parents getting divorced, like you can turn around and help the people behind you who are going through the same thing. That's so beautiful. Like taking ownership of your story and just like taking leadership is really just taking ownership being like, okay, like this is like something that I went through. This is something that I need. So let's do something about it and taking ownership and not waiting for other people, not just leaving other people in the dust, but just taking ownership. Yeah. So good. Yes. I love that so much. Yeah. Well, so I think this is one of our biggest hesitations as we're thinking about ministry or, you know, whether it's like as a job or whether Mm -hmm. we're thinking about just, you know, volunteering to lead a small group of middle schoolers at our church. Yeah. Um, how do we know if God is calling us? to leadership. Cause I think mm-hmm. the thing, I think the fear, and I definitely felt this, I've gosh, I've felt this a lot is what if I want this, but God doesn't want this for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. we don't want to want this. If God doesn't like, we don't want to choose this. If God isn't choosing us for this, yeah. you know, yeah. it yeah. seems kind of audacious to say, I want to be a leader. How do we know if God is calling us into leadership? Yeah, I I love this question and I have so many things that I could say on this. Um, mm-hmm. And I think my first thing that I would just point out is I think that first off, we have to realize that the world's view of leadership and maybe the model of leadership that Christ has created for us are honestly totally different. And yeah. I think like if we're looking at leadership only through the lens of like what society and culture says that it's, you know, you have power and you manage a bunch of different people and you're super influential and everybody looks to you. And it's just yeah. kind of what we think of, you know, this like really almost like dictatorship power type mindset. And then I think leadership under, under Jesus is totally actually surrender. It's surrender to who Jesus is. And because you're surrendered to Jesus, you are becoming more like Jesus. And because you're becoming more like Jesus, you start to take on the characteristics and the qualities of Jesus. And so Mm -hmm. leadership becomes a natural reaction or habit that becomes out of that. And so I think that, um, I really believe that we're all called to be leaders. Like, I just think that like, if you call yourself a follower of Christ, like then you are called to lead and to influence people and to point people towards Jesus. And it might not look like, you know, I am over 10 people or I'm leading a Bible study or I'm doing all this. Mm -hmm. But I think that leadership is really just like being the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. And sometimes that looks like servanthood. And sometimes that looks like what we think leadership or no leadership to be like. And Mm -hmm. I think especially I'm really passionate about this when it comes to women stepping into leadership, because I think that a lot of times we maybe struggle seeing ourselves as leaders, probably more than men, just because there's less women in these like, you know, places of leadership that we see. We talk about all the time in culture, but Mm -hmm. one thing that honestly, just in my own time with the Lord recently, just seeing women 
lead throughout scripture has been so cool. And like some of the instances I can think of, like in Luke 8, it talks about the women that traveled with Jesus, women like Mary Magdalene and so many of these women who actually funded Jesus's ministry, which is so Mm -hmm. crazy and cool. These women that traveled with Jesus, it's just like a footnote in Luke 8. And you're like, oh my goodness, I didn't know there was this whole group of women going with Jesus. Or even the fact that when Jesus, um, you know, rose again, the first person that he saw was Mary. And he said like, go and tell, go and tell people. And so like, I think there's so many ways that I think like, I just, I I guess it just goes back to like, we have to really look at the way that leadership is modeled for us throughout scripture and from Jesus, maybe Mm -hmm. over kind of the lens of leadership from the world. Yeah, that's good. And Stephanie, you said something like, how do I know if this is just something I want to do or something God's calling me to? It's, I think kind of simple in the sense of like, is it producing fruit? Like look at the angle of what, what, whatever it is that you want to do, if whatever you're like antsy about or ready to do, is it going to produce fruit? Like, is it, and if it, if, if it is, if it's going to be a good thing, if it's going to be love people bigger, if it's going to serve people, if it's going to like give something back to the world around us, then it's something that he wants for sure. Yeah. That's good. I love that. One of the questions I've gotten so often from women, and it happens a lot about missions. Mm. Um, I've had women reach out and say, Hey, I have this like deep desire to go to, you know, some country in Africa for three months or for a year, or I like, I want to, or I want to go on a short-term mission trip somewhere. I just want to serve and get to know more of God's people and love them. And, you know, but how do I know if God wants this for me? And the thing that like really sticks out to me is not everybody wants that. Yeah. (laughs) And that's, but that's true with all of our things. Like, um, Mm -hmm. you know, every doctor in the world, like desperately wanted to be a doctor. I would be a horrible doctor. I don't ever want to be a doctor. (laughs) So the fact that they want that and I don't like if that's, that's showing us. Yeah. I think sometimes through our desires, we can see the way that God has wired us. And so if you have a heart for something and you're like really drawn to middle schoolers, for example, Mm -hmm. no one is drawn to middle schoolers. (laughs) Middle schoolers are like the worst. (laughs) Really. And so if you, if you're like, I just love middle schoolers, know that that's something special that God's put in you, no matter what the thing is. And so I I love what you said, Ken, it's about just like going for it. And the other thing that I was thinking about as I was looking over just the time that I've been in some sort of ministry is all all along the way, I just sort of have gone for it. Like I'm just, I'm going to apply or I'm going to try or I'm going to put my, you know, my hat in the ring or whatever. And, and that's been great because sometimes it's turned out, sometimes it hasn't. And like, that's kind of propelled me down this path. Yeah. But I do think the thing that we have to be aware of or like look for is we have to be, uh, like shiftable because there were times when, you know, really after that internship, I thought that I was going to go into ministry, like traditionally for life. I wanted to be a college pastor. So I thought that I was going to go to seminary and I was going to come back and I was going to be like a college pastor. Well, that wasn't really what God had for me. And, and over time I had to be okay with like a slight Mm. left turn here, a slight right turn there. And Mm. God is so faithful to lead us Mm. to things that we wouldn't find on our own. Like my degree was in journalism Mm -hmm. and I, for a while I thought journalism is everything I'm going to do. And then once I met the Lord and wanted to go into ministry, I gave journalism up forever. And now we're sitting in front of microphones (laughs) like, and it's so crazy. It's this really beautiful (laughs) hybrid and we just have to, 
keep taking steps forward, trusting that each yes or each no, like propels us kind of down the path that God has. Yes. 100%. That's like so real. I think of our journey and delight. Like there's been so many moments, like big projects, big dreams, like big things that are laid on the table. And you so quickly just want to jump to that. And like for anybody who's listening to this and is like, I want to do this in leadership, like you jump to that end goal, that big thing. And once you start getting into it, it's really easy to get overwhelmed by the details. And you're like, okay, wait, there should be baby steps. Like all of leadership, all of like stepping into something should be baby steps. Not only because it is a less, a lot less overwhelming and more tangible, but also because if you just jump to that end goal, you're going to miss a lot of the little pivots and the turns and things that God wants to like take you in places he wants to take you in the in-between. And like, so it's so important to take leadership like day by day and step by step and project by project, like the little things, because that's where you hear his voice. Like that's how, you know, God's timing is so much slower than ours. And um, you have to wait on him. And like the whole journey of leadership really is like one step of the time, one lot of waiting, a lot of seeking pivots, turns until you reach some sort of angle. We'll never really know. But <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. that so much. I have this distinct memory of talking to someone who I was kind of a mentor to me like several years ago. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about the difference between people who create something that like grows slowly and people who create something that just explodes overnight. Mm-hmm. And I think that we all have this desire to whatever we're working on, we wanted mm-hmm. to just explode overnight. Like we yeah. want to go to the gym once and be in the best shape of our lives. <laughs> yes. You know, wouldn't that um, be amazing? It would be amazing. <laughs> it's like when I was little and you go to the hair cutter and you're like, I want my hair cut long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> um, but I think that we, we want things to really grow mm-hmm. overnight. And yeah. she, she gave me this example. She was like, and I don't know if this was someone she knew or whatever. This is like the worst way to set up this story. But she said that this person had just started whatever they were doing. Maybe it was mm-hmm. like a blog. And somehow one of their blog posts got picked up and went viral. Yeah. And all of a sudden they found themselves like, being interviewed like by someone like Oprah or something like that. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Except for the fact that you just got started. You have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. You're very new. And I think that what had happened was that person got sort of like eaten alive by all of the eyes and that were all of a sudden on them. Or I mean, there's like you're all of a sudden thrust into this spotlight that you're not ready for. Yeah. And that's really hard and really painful and can Mm. end up like kind of crashing and burning. I think just yeah. what she was showing me was that every every opportunity you're given prepares you for the next opportunity. Yes. So yes. when you do whatever that big stage, that big spotlight looks like for you in your life, by the time you get there, if you take it day by day and learn the lessons one by one and keep practicing, you're going to be actually be ready for that opportunity yeah. instead so of being like, a deer in the headlights, which yeah. is, I think, what had happened to this person. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's so good. So, Mac or Kens, you kind of said this, or you mm-hmm. you mentioned this. Yeah. Um, I think that one of the hesitations we have about leadership and about stepping into like Christian leadership in particular is we think that we haven't been a Christian long enough, mm-hmm. or we don't like. So there's two there's two pieces. Either mm-hmm. I haven't been a Christian for very long, so isn't there some sort of like prereq for how long I need to. Or even if you have been a Christian Mm -hmm. for a long time, I think the the longer you've been a Christian, the more you feel like you don't know. Like the more you know, 
the more you realize you don't know. Yeah. Yeah, So I think for all of us, we either feel like we've been here for too short of a time or we don't know enough Mm. about scripture in order to lead anybody else. What do you guys, like, what do you guys have to say about that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's such a real thing. Yeah. You know, I feel like we've both been there. We have both had those moments where you're like, oh my gosh, how am I this person that's supposed to be leading this conversation or (laughs) this podcast or whatever it is. You just, I think we all have had those moments of feeling like a faker, almost (laughs) like you're like imposter syndrome for sure. And I think again, like the thing that is so cool about leading in ministry and leading anything like in the name of Jesus is that it is not about you at the end of the day. Like, it's not about you. Like it's not for your glory. It's not like, so you can show off. It's not so that like you can sound smart or wise or any of these things. And Mm. we know that we have the Holy spirit Mm. with us leading us. And so I think, um, something that we talk about all the time, I think like leadership Mm. is built in the secret place. Like it's built in the quiet place. Like Mm -hmm. you don't build leadership and influence on a stage or on a podcast or on a blog or, you know, because you get a title or a position, you become a great leader because Mm -hmm. of how you commune with Jesus. And so I think like, if you are at a place where you're like, I don't think I'm ready for this. I don't Mm -hmm. think I'm good enough for this. I don't think I'm smart enough or wise enough, or I don't know enough about scripture. Like, Mm -hmm. I think what we can do is we can just be with Jesus. Like, I really believe that. Like we can get really good at hearing his voice and we can get Mm -hmm. really good at just spending time with him. And I think when you do that, when you do all of those things, you don't become like, suddenly you're like, I have great speaking skills now and I am awesome (laughs) at this. Like you should see the things that we say sometimes that I'm like, oh my goodness, that's so embarrassing. (laughs) I can't believe I said that. But it's so cool because I know that the the posture of my heart is on mm-hmm. Jesus. So like, even when I screw it up, even when I say the wrong thing, even when I don't know enough, even when I look stupid, I really believe that like Jesus is still glorified through it. And so mm-hmm. um, I think as leaders, we got to take the pressure off of ourselves to get it right mm-hmm. and really put um, mm-hmm. our attention and focus on Jesus in that like we're just mirroring him. And if we're just mirroring him, then um, we can't really mess it up or screw it up. There's obviously yeah. ways we can, but you know what I mean? Like there's, we can't, yeah. it just becomes so much more natural and it's not something you have to strive for. Yes. I remember when we first started like as little baby freshmen, it was probably like three months into this whole thing. We were meeting weekly once a week. We probably had 10-ish girls there. And one of the girls asked me out to coffee. She was like, hey, could we get coffee? I really want to talk to you about something. And I was like, oh my, this feels like I'm supposed to speak into your life right now. <laughs> and you need something from me. And I'm supposed to have the answers yeah. and all the stuff. And I was like, so nervous. I was just like, uh, not the girl for the job. I didn't say that. I was just like, yeah, for sure. We can grab coffee. And uh, I was on the way to the coffee date. And I went to, you have this like bell tower on our college campus. That's just like this kind of creepy space. It's hilarious. It's like this huge bell tower. And at the bottom of it, there's like a carpet that you can kind of like, you can, you can go into. And anyways, <laughs> I went there and got on my knees and was just like, God, like I literally got on my knees and I was like, I, I need you. Like, I can't walk mm-hmm. into this coffee meeting. Like I actually have nothing to say. Like you have to speak through me. Like I'm yours. And like, it was just a really sweet moment. And to this day, I like seriously 
always think of that. And like, as a leader, that continuously has to be the posture of your heart is like going to him before speaking into anybody's life. Cause none of us have any more power, <laughs> any more wisdom than he does. And like, if we can just go to him first and access him first, like we are all so equipped. And what I love too, honestly, about Mac and I's story and starting delight is we genuinely like just did it like anybody else would, like a lot of people listening to this are hopefully going to step into leadership. And like, it created this, like, like we weren't, we, we didn't have any sort of, you know, a lot of influence or people these days have like a background story. They're like, oh yeah, you were on that show. Or like you were, I don't know. They have some connection to something. We were just, you know, small town girls. <laughs> and we screwed it up along a lot of times. Like yeah. I can look at so many moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, if people only knew yes. what we, you know, just attitudes that got in the mm. way or, you know, insecurities that got in the way or all these things. And so mm. not to say we haven't had a million stumbling blocks, but it's so cool that I really just believe like if God can do it with us, I know that sounds cliche, yeah. but if God can do it with us, trust me, he yeah. can do it with you. Well, and it creates this dependency on him. And yeah, this, like, that's so good. we'd never take ownership for it. We're never yeah. like, oh, it was, yeah, it kind of was me. Like, you know, no. because my <laughs> parents, you know, like it was like, we're always like, oh my gosh, God, like you give all the glory and people like God using people who aren't like technically qualified is such a beautiful thing because you can't help but give him the ownership. Like you can't help but be like, oh, this totally wasn't me. This was like totally you, you know, and like, it's just a beautiful thing. So, yeah, I love that. And I mean, that's all over scripture. God is using people who are like, not the A team. Yeah. Like the B team, even the C team. Yes. Yes. And I feel like, I feel like I am the most unlikely person to get to do this. And mm -hmm. like, I mean, yeah. truly, if you guys knew me in college, like, you would not <laughs> have project, like this would not, this was not the trajectory my life yeah. was on, but God can do anything. And the thing yeah. that's so cool is there really are so many moments, like God can do unimaginable things with really, like through really small things. Yes. Um, there's yes. so many times when, like when we're connected to him, when all, when, when we're having that time with him, when he's mm -hmm. like the electric source or like yeah, the electricity yeah. that we're plugging into. He can use things that are so like, we don't like, I don't even remember saying that, but yeah. it made a big difference in yeah. your life. That's only because of yeah. God. Yeah. So good. One of my favorite quotes is that great moves of God are preceded by simple acts of obedience. Yeah. And that like, you know, the biggest things that happen in the kingdom are not like somebody being like, I'm going to start a something. It's usually like the simplest, smallest things. And I think like when we see that, that's how we really become leaders along the way. It's just those little small acts of obedience, like one step at a time. So yeah. I love that. Something you may not know about me is that I'm fairly particular when it comes to fragrances especially the ones I have in my home. Don't get me wrong, I love lighting candles, but a lot of the ones I've found in stores have overpowering scents and use chemicals that end up giving me a headache. Plus, I learned that the candle industry contributes to a large amount of carbon emissions and toxicity in our air. That's why I've recently made the switch to Notes Candles, which also happens to be today's Girls' Night sponsor. I love notes because their scents are high quality but don't smell overly sweet or chemically. But what's even more amazing is that they are on a mission to help eliminate single-use candle vessels with their more earth-friendly option. 
Did you know that there are almost 2 billion candles sold each year? And almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? Talk about wasteful. But thankfully, Notes does things differently with their refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessels again and again and again. I love this because it's way more sustainable than buying a new candle jar every time you go to the store. And you don't have to feel guilty about throwing your old candle jars in the trash. Plus, it's so easy to do and actually really fun. You just place the wick they provide you in your reusable notes jar, fill it up with their wax beads, light your candle, and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. Once you're ready for a new candle, you just repeat the same steps. They have 13 incredible fragrances to choose from, which are all handcrafted by fragrance experts at Notes Home Base in South Carolina. I am obsessed with their vanilla and pepperwood scent. It's cozy and warm and perfect for a movie night with your friends. But they also have other amazing fragrances like citrus and fresh basil, pistachio and rose water, and bamboo and water lily. I cannot wait to try one for every new season. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to Notes. Make the switch and build a starter kit. Right now, Notes is giving listeners 15% off and free shipping when you buy a Notes starter kit using code GIRLSNIGHT at notescandle.com slash girlsnight. Just use code GIRLSNIGHT when placing your order. That's code GIRLSNIGHT at notescandle.com slash girlsnight. In the last few years, I've prioritized purchasing food products with higher quality ingredients for my family and myself. Products that have more of the real stuff and less of the fake stuff. And it's been so much easier to make that happen since I found Thrive Market. Thrive Market is my new go-to for buying groceries and household items like vitamins and personal care products. The best part is I can order everything online from my sofa and it's quickly shipped right to my doorstep, saving me so much time. If this is your first time hearing about them, Thrive Market only carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They actually restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, making it so much easier to maintain a healthier lifestyle. You can even use their on-site filters to fit your lifestyle needs. For example, you can look for low sugar alternatives, gluten-free items, or organic kid snacks. They have Annie's, Once Upon a Farm, and Dave's Organic Bread, all staples in our weekly grocery trip. But they also have brands and products I've never heard of, which is awesome because I'm always looking for healthy and delicious things to feed the girls and myself. Thrive Market is not only a one-stop shop for basically everything on my grocery list, but it gave me tons of ideas for products I didn't even know about. And by becoming a Thrive Market member, I save money on all of my grocery orders. Along with saving money, you're also helping a family in need with Thrive Market's one-for-one membership matching program. So if you join, they give. Friends, I seriously look forward to my Thrive Market box every time. They have an incredible product selection with brands that are better for you and for the planet. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash girlsnight for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash girlsnight 
thrivemarket.com slash girls night. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Does anyone else feel like they could use more time in the day? There are things you want to accomplish, places you want to go, people you want to connect with, but it feels like you're always falling behind. Something I'm learning recently, well, always, is that none of us can do it all. We all have to figure out what's most important to us, but doing that alone can feel scary and overwhelming. Well, friends, this is one reason why I've come to love therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. You're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. You frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. You really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing I don't have to. I am at my strongest when I have a full support system around me and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing, that is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, that's easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the therapist you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're looking to sort through your priorities this year, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Learn to make time for what's most important with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash friendship. I love your guys' example and really like mine too. I mean, Ken's, you and I hadn't been Christians for very long. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't think that there's like this benchmark you have to meet before you're yeah, allowed yeah. to lead anybody. I think one thing that I've always tried to keep in mind is I'm not trying to like talk about anything I haven't been through. Yeah. Or I'm not good. trying to lead anyone anywhere I haven't gone. Yeah, yeah. that's um, really good. And so I think that keeping that in mind, like, so when Carl and I got married, I feel like we'd been married for like a week and someone asked me a question about marriage. <laughs> I was like, I don't know anything about marriage that's because amazing. I've been married a week. And I think that that's kind of what we need to know about ourselves is like, you need to be married for a little bit before you start talking about marriage. Yeah. yeah. Um, you need to like, you need to have walked through something before you, before God's had a chance to like work in you through yeah. it. And so if you're, I think that the, the important thing is just recognizing what you know and recognizing yeah. what yeah. you don't know. Yeah. yeah. And, so good. And so just like, I think where we get in trouble is when we say, 
when we try to act like we have it all together or we know everything about scripture and we're sort of making things up as we go along, no one's yeah. expecting that of us. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's okay That's to so say, true. like, I don't know the answer to yeah. that. Yeah. I said yeah. that so much in my first small group. Like, I yeah. don't know the answer to that, but I'm going to go ask people who do and find out and we'll yeah. talk about it together. Yeah, um, for sure. So I think as long as we're not pretending we know about things that we don't, there's like, there's not a baseline yeah. Yeah. that we have to yeah. hit. Nope, not yeah. at all. You could start leading tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. Um, okay, so speaking of that, if we're thinking about stepping into leadership, do you guys have thoughts about whether we should start something on our own or whether we should like go through our church? Mm-hmm. Like, what? How, what are the pros and cons of? I'm just gonna yeah start something on my yeah. own, or I'm gonna like apply for a position or something. Yeah. That's so good. I think it, I I think a little bit it's situational. I think like, you know, it kind of depends on what, if you have a really clear vision of of what you think, how you want to lead, then it might look like starting something out on your own and kind of creating a, a space for you to be able to lead in. But I think that our world needs leaders. We need people who will step up. And thankfully, I'm pretty sure all of our local churches have places that we can plug in and be, step into a leadership position. And again, I say leadership doesn't always look like leading people on it to look sometimes <laughs> leadership is like i believe like the people who put up the chairs on sunday morning are leading like i think that they're creating a space for us to encounter god and that's leadership mm-hmm. so i think like there are so many places to step into leadership and they might seem so small and so like almost like you're like you have to humble yourself a little bit to step into that but i think that um i think yeah. that'd be it'd be really cool if we had so many people out there who were like there are so many open leadership positions and I'm going to step into this one. And so I think a lot of people have created spaces for people to lead. And so if you want to step into that, like there's probably a million opportunities around you. You could lead a group Mm -hmm. of girls, of high school girls at your church. You could, you know, you could find three girls and put them together and you start going to coffee with them and just like pouring into them and discipling them. Or Mm. you could put up the chairs on Sunday morning or you could start your whole own thing. Like, I think there's so many options, but I would say like, you don't have to create something to step into leadership right away. Yeah, for sure. And just spoiler alert to leadership takes commitment, like uncommitted leaders really, it's like kind of the worst. You're not really going to get anywhere. Like leadership takes commitment. And so just telling you now, if you're like, Oh wow. Oh, Oh, I might like start volunteering at your church. Like you're just, you are deciding to volunteer at your church. Like, (laughs) like whenever they need you always saying yes and committing, if it's a small group, like you are committed to that and showing up, it's like, there's a lot of commitment that comes with it all too. But yeah, I would say super situational as well. If there's a ton of small groups at your church and you're like, Oh, I kind of want to, I kind of want to start a small group and there's already like so many available opportunities at your church. Then I would just join one. Sometimes you want to lead out of like selfish ambition. We're kind of like, Ooh, I just want to start one. It's kind of, kind of about me or whatever. And so I don't know, check your intentions there. If there are like a lot of opportunities just right in front of you, just join and be a part of it and lead in other ways. But if there's a lack, step into that for sure. They need you. So. I love that. And don't forget that one thing can lead to another. Yeah, Like we always think this is what I want it to be. And we're looking like 12 steps down the line. Like really one thing can lead to another. And so if you're applying, like if they're at my college ministry, there were only a few spots, like few open internship spots. And so people would apply and like, if you got rejected, what does that mean? Or like, you're, you know, I don't want to apply because maybe they don't, they don't pick me or, Mm -hmm. um, but I think that 
stepping into anything leads to something else. So So maybe your ultimate goal, maybe you probably don't know what your ultimate goal is because you can't even imagine what God has in store. Mm -hmm. But maybe your ultimate goal is to be like the high school leader. To get there, yeah. Sometimes the first step is like I'm going to make the coffee at church on yeah. Sundays, yeah. and that and the other person who's making coffee with you happens to be the husband yes. of someone. Like I mean, you have no idea what things are going to turn into. So so just saying yes, no oh matter what it is, yeah. is always yeah. the first step. I always bring up our um, girl that takes photos for us in Delight. Now she's a great example of this. We when we were in college, we had a Delight photo shoot, just like well, you know, we were just in college doing our thing, and we actually had a real photographer who we had take our photos for this shoot. And so wait, wait, wait. Actually, it was a friend of ours because we didn't know anybody, and she had just gotten a camera for her birthday, and we were like, okay, "Can you take yeah. pictures of us?" <laughs> and then. This we weren't girl. so legit. Yeah. yeah, we weren't legit. The funny thing is this girl is actually incredibly talented and asked, she was like, can I just take behind the scenes pictures at the photo shoot? Just like as a second shooter. And we were like, oh my gosh, yeah, of course. You should come and take like second shoot photos or whatever. And we get the photos back from both our friend and Jenna. And Jenna's were like incredible. <laughs> we were like, oh my gosh, your photos are so good. And then we ended up using her for that. And then like, Another time we ended up using her for another thing and another thing. And, you know, eight years later, she's like now like with us all the time, like, you know, and it's just like a really cool opportunity. Now she has the lead within the ministry, but yeah. she was a second shooter that just like offered to come. <laughs> second shooter for an amateur. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So awesome. That is so awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she does amazing work. As you were talking about her, I was like, Jenna, yeah. Jenna's yeah. awesome. Yes. <laughs> so I know that, you know, as we're thinking about leadership, sometimes, you know, Kenzie mentioned the the commitment. Mm. A lot of times we see the glamorous side of it, mm. but there's a whole lot of parts to it that aren't quite as glamorous or mm. fun even. Yeah. What have been some of the challenging parts of, of leading this ministry for you guys, mm. like being in leadership? That's, yeah, such a good question. Mm. My my pastor always says that um, leadership is only sexy from the outside, that it's actually, <laughs> it's not once you're kind of in it. It's kind of true, you know, like anytime she says the word sexy, I'm always just Do you, like, get, do you oh, know what to say? Hey, yeah. my pastor said it, guys. <laughs> Oh, wow. I love that. I love that. But yeah, and I think that's honestly so true and something that I've, I've felt and experienced myself mm. in my own leadership and ministry journey is that when you sign up for this, you don't realize a lot of the other parts you're signing mm-hmm. up for as well. And I think, I think for me, my mm. own thing that has been the hardest part of leadership for me is that, um, I think I have put a lot of expectations on myself for perfection and a lot of, Mm. um, I have just put a lot of pressure on my shoulders to have to be a certain way and to speak a certain way and act a certain way and look and dress Mm. a certain way and just all these things. And along the way have probably Mm. lost some of the pieces of me that probably Mm. God wanted to use as a leader because they were, they were different and they were, they were something that it was a piece of God in me that was like shown through if I would have owned that rather than maybe just trying to be what I thought a leader should be. And, um, I think that process is kind of been painful. It's painful mm-hmm. because when I don't meet the expectations that I set for myself, I beat myself up about it. I'm, I like start thinking everybody thinks 
poorly of me and all these Mm -hmm. things. And so uh, for me, leadership has in a lot of way been a really like internal battle in my own mind of like, how do I stop trying to be the leader that I thought I should be? And how do I really start to step into the leadership journey that God has specifically called me to? And the things that maybe I thought were weaknesses or the things that I thought couldn't glorify God, maybe those are actually the things that like I should really see as the place where God may be able to use me the most. And so I think that's been really hard and something I probably talked about a lot, but something that I never would have expected when Mm -hmm. I said yes to Mm -hmm. ministry eight years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I would say mine's super similar to just expectations other people project on you. Yeah. Pressure to be a certain way. And in a lot of ways, it's a really beautiful thing. Like I say this a lot and I say this a lot, like, of course, yeah, like one of our favorite parts. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Raises you up to be a better person. And like, wow, we've grown so much over the last, the last however many years we've been doing this thing. We always get confused of how many years it's just lost now, but yeah, (laughs) we've grown so much because there's people, because there's people to lead and because people are like relying on us and looking at us. And, you know, you, if you want to be a good leader, you have to be, you have to like, if you want people, if you want influence, you've got to like really follow God, like with your whole life. And so there's really not like a lot of like room for mistakes and mess ups. You start to lose influence and stuff like that. And so, yeah, there's a lot of pressure and like a lot of expectation put on you. There's also, I think even personally, there's not a lot of room to like, especially in ministry. And there's not a lot of room to like, to, to stop and like, ask yourself what you really believe about things and process things. Cause you kind of have to keep moving. Like you just kind of, there's a lot of assumptions made and stuff like that. So yeah, there's, I think that there's pressure and expectations, probably the biggest thing. And in one hand, it's a really, really awesome thing. Cause it raises you up. It like builds you as a person. It grows your ca- character. It keeps you accountable, but also it's a lot to uphold sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally relate to that. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I think about a lot is, I think as a leader that we, we know that there are leaders around who, who say like, do what I say, not what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people who lead with their words, but not necessarily with their actions. Yeah. yeah. And something that's always been really important to me and something I think about a lot. And like, of course I don't always get it right. Yeah. Is if, if I didn't say anything and if someone just came over to my house and yeah. watched how I live in the middle of the day and, and did what I did, mm-hmm. like would I be happy with that? Do I want them to do what I do? Would I want them to follow my lead in that way? And it's just kind of this check for me of like, how deep does this go? Like, is this, am I practicing what I preach really? And, and sometimes I catch myself being like, oh, I wouldn't want anyone else to do this. Why am I doing this? Or like, Mm -hmm. you know, don't forget this. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's been a really cool thing because I think my life has been so much better because I'm thinking, yeah. Because I'm thinking like, and no one can see me in the middle yeah. of the day on yeah. a Wednesday or something, but I'm thinking what I want the women in my life, what I want the girls night community to, mm-hmm. to live this way, or would I want them to do something different? Well, if yeah. I want this for them, then I want this for me too. And so, yeah. so yeah. it just, it's just kind of this accountability thing that's been really good. Yeah. But of course that's hard. There's just, yeah. there's not a ton of, there's, there's more mm-hmm. consequences for like really messy seasons in your life or really lost seasons Mm -hmm. um, because there are, there are people that are relying on you. And so it's a really beautiful thing, but yeah, the pressure is, the pressure is real. Yeah. It is very real. It's so real. (laughs) Also, by the way, we talk about you all the time. Just side note here, Mac and I, we're always like what you just said about like, I wonder what people are like, I want to be like the person in the middle of a Wednesday that like people really want to follow. And we 
talk about you all the time. All the here. time. Because the time. we will text Stephanie for everybody listening to Seen on the Inside Scoop. We text her for favors and things and questions. And she yeah. literally gets back to us right away every time yeah. with the honest answer, with the helpful hat life hacks, tools, all the Up things. About it. Stephanie, seriously, all you guys that listen to Girls yes. Night podcast, Stephanie is even more amazing yeah. in person than she is on this yes. podcast. And I know she's like unbelievable on this podcast. Nobody would know. But in person, she's like the best, most amazing person, <laughs> friend, all of the things, she's encourager. Yes. We're obsessed with it. Like, seriously, <laughs> not most people respond to your text that quickly and give you the actual yeah. honest, helpful tools. There's no competition with I Stephanie. I feel like I could talk to you about literally oh anything. Seriously. That's why so, you have influence. Yes. Honestly. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm like, I'm over here and we're just yeah, like going for it. It can be a little overwhelming sometimes. I'm sorry. <laughs> my face like purple. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you. I Well, okay. So this is kind of a, I, I don't know if I've really talked about this on the podcast before, but I think one of my biggest fears in leadership is I'm afraid that when someone meets me in person, they're going to be disappointed. Mm. And I was, and I was afraid of that a lot when it came to the podcast, like I'd written for so long and I had a chance to delete and try again and like use editing, (laughs) you know, like, um, have someone else look over it before I published it. But with a Mm. podcast, you just have to talk like there's, there's a plan, Mm. but it's not a script. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was really nervous about a podcast, like is, I was afraid that, that, who I am unfiltered would be more of a liability than something God could use. And I've been really like surprised by the fact that, you know, something I didn't even know, I realized I said God uses and it's a hundred percent him. But I think that that's, um, even just like around Nashville, we have a lot of women who live in town and I'm like, what if they see me? Like, are they (laughs) going to think I'm in, I don't even know what I'm afraid of. Um, (laughs) but it's something I've had to work through of like, you know, I I want, I want to be so real in person and on the podcast and everywhere else. And I, and I want everyone I come in contact with to know how much I care about them. And I think that my fear sometimes is like, you know, I don't know if you've ever met someone you've looked up to or like an author you've liked or something, but like, I've met a couple of people at times where I walked away being like, they just weren't as nice as I thought they were. Mm -hmm. Or like, they actually don't seem to care about me as much as I thought that they Mm -hmm. would. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's always my biggest fear. Yeah. Yeah. For real. You are amazing. And I can't imagine anybody being let down. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to go cry after this. <laughs> um, so, okay, hang on. You guys totally, totally, Sorry, really do you this whole thing me. for a loop. Oh man. I love that though. I was not expecting. Honestly, it's a word though of leadership is like, you have to, like I said this once, but if you want influence as a leader, your life has to, your every day has to reflect that. Like you have to be making, like if you want to lead and you're a believer or you've got to be making like godly decisions, like on the weekends, like you got to be like making your time with the Lord a priority. You have to be your dating life, your love life, your marriage has to be like reflecting God. And you have to be loving people and being kind. Like if you want that influence, if you don't care, if you don't want leadership, if you don't want influence, like whatever. But if you do, like it starts really there. It starts with those small decisions you're making and those people who maybe aren't doing it that way. Like maybe they're like, 
I've seen it before, you know, in all of our delight chapters are student led and leaders who are like partying on the weekends and then also leading in delight. Like, to be honest, they, their delight chapter is really usually pretty bad. Like it just doesn't work like, because nobody's following leaders that are partying on the weekends. So if you want influence, you have to be like reflecting that in your daily life. And Stephanie, your life really is like, that's why you have influence. And I would hope even for Mac and I, that's like why we get to carry that in our day to day. So I think honestly, that's one of the biggest messages we preach all the time in leadership is like, it starts with your small decisions. Leadership is not a nine to five. It's not a nine to five. It is a 24 hour a day thing. And some days you hate it because of that. And then some days you're like, Praise God that yeah. like this this isn't something that I just turn on and turn off. Like yes. this is who I get to be at the end of the day. So <laughs> yeah. that's okay. I love everything you guys just said. And I think, but the, I think the like important thing to mention is it doesn't mean that you're perfect. Mm, yes. And I think that mm-hmm. when we think we're perfect or when we're striving to be perfect, that's when we get in a lot of trouble. It's so like good. it's who we get to be at the end of the day. Yeah. It's it's not having your life look a certain way from the outside or following all the rules. It's having a genuine relationship with God and having that be such a priority, like having the right things be the priorities in your life, really investing in your family, taking care of the people around Mm. you. Like just, it's, it's making the best Mm. decisions you possibly can and loving God with everything you can. And that starts to ripple out, but it's, it's not a, it's not a surface thing. It's a, it's an inside thing, but it's not out of a heart of like, it has to look like this. Otherwise you don't get to be a leader. Cause if that was the case, then none of us would get to be leaders, (laughs) but it's like, it mm-hmm. does have to start on the inside. It's, yeah. it's living a life you would want someone to emulate. Yes. Yeah. Like on the inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. That's mm-hmm. so good. It's funny. I was talking to somebody last night, actually, and we were talking about how every moment of that I've been in in my life where I have felt like, okay, God, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Like a moment of probably like leadership or influence or whatever, you know, just a moment of ministry that I was like, this is it, mm-hmm. was always preceded by a week of total fear and insecurity. Like where I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. Like I'm going to screw it up and mess it up. And then like literally the power of God moving through me is Mm. the thing that, and those are always the moments Mm. that I feel like God works through me the most. They're not the moments where I was like, I got this. And then like, I, Mm. I never crush it when I think I got this. It's always (laughs) like when I'm so terrified. And so I think like, yeah, it's not about perfection or like Mm -hmm. not being fearful or thinking Mm -hmm. you can do it all the time. That's not, that's not what it means to be a leader. (laughs) I love that so much. The fear. I, I, you know, when we talk about like what you're supposed to do with your life, I feel like people say, you know, what do you feel peace about? Like, where's the peace? And like, I may not be understanding that right because (laughs) anything that I've ever done that was worthwhile or that I felt like God actually (laughs) wanted me to do, I was terrified. Mm -hmm. Like maybe there was some deep peace, like deep in there, but it was surrounded by so much fear and so much anxiety and so much uncertainty and so much self-doubt that like I couldn't feel the peace. And so (laughs) I've kind of started walking towards the things I'm really scared of because generally that's like, to me, it's whatever you're really, really scared of yeah. is probably what God has for you. Yeah. But he shows up in a big way through it. Yeah. It's really, really See cool. Yeah. Yeah. What are some, you know, we've talked about some of the hard things about ministry. What are some of the like best things about it? What are some of the really cool things mm. that you guys have gotten to see God do Yeah, in yeah. your time as leaders? Yes. Um, the first thing I can think of is yes. just that you get a front row seat. You get a front yes. row seat to what God is doing. Like you are the number one cheerleader on the sidelines being like, go God. Oh my goodness. This is amazing. 
like you're, you're not up in the balcony, like you get the front row. And so I think that has been one of the coolest things is like when God does things in people's lives, like I get to sometimes be the first one to hear about it. And that's just a cool place to be in. And I think that's a, a cool thing that as a leader, you get to experience. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would say that too. And just the purpose that you get yeah. experience in the day to day of it. Like it's, it's a gift to be able to experience, to like have purpose in your everyday. So yeah. yeah, it's the best. It's the best. I love that. I love that. So we've talked some about delight and we've talked about, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's stepping into leadership looks like st- doing something small. Sometimes it looks like taking an opportunity that's already there. Yeah. And sometimes it means starting your own thing. And you guys have talked a lot about delight. I would love for you guys to tell us who can get involved in delight, how we can get involved in delight, what that looks like, because that's a thing that you guys have created with God and poured so many, so much blood and sweat and tears into that we can step into. So tell us like, who is delight for? How do we know if we can get involved and how do we get involved? Yes. Okay. So if you're in college, there might be a delight chapter at your campus. So you can look on our website and see if there is one. And then you should just join. All of them have Instagram pages that show you the locations and times and all the things. So you should be a part of it. There's so much leadership opportunity within a delight chapter too. They're all student led. So there's probably something for you. If you're really like hungry to lead women closer, closer to Jesus, this really is like the perfect place. Honestly, Stephanie, you were talking about starting a Greek life Bible study in college. You were like, we didn't know what to start or how to bring women closer together. I was like, oh, you should have been a part of delight. <laughs> I wish delight had been a thing. Yes. yes. Um, and then if there isn't a delight on your university, if you look it up and there isn't one, you can start one. And we would love for you to start one. Our dream, our vision is to have a delight chapter on every college campuses across the country. And there's a lot of them out there. It's a little intimidating, but like I said, one day at a time, but we'd love for you to start one. There's an application on our website and you can fill that out. Then we're in contact with you and we walk you through the whole process. And it is so cool. You grow so much through this whole thing. So yeah. And I just say that there's not one on the University of Colorado campus. Oh. oh. And so if anyone is listening that we are to the University to of Colorado, <laughs> seriously, yes. if you start one, I will come out and hang out with you guys. Oh, did you hear that guys? That yes. is true. Wilson's gonna come hang out with you guys. <laughs> seriously, I would nothing would make me happier. Someone started to like campus or to like chapter at CU Boulder. I will come out well, and I'll come hang out. We don't have like barely any in Colorado. And I always tell chapters when they start in a new state, it's like, what's it's really cool. Yeah. That one person, they're starting this chapter that's then going to reach like 20 or 30 or 40 or hundred people on their college campus, but then all of their friends. And it creates like, seriously, most of the time, a new state presence. That one person is starting like five others around it. And yeah. wow, you yeah. just brought so many yeah. people close to Jesus. I love that. Yes. Okay. Colorado girls counting on you. Yes. So then if, if delight isn't an option, if we're not in college, I really wish I could join a delight chapter. I'm not in college anymore. (laughs) Um, what are like, I would just love a challenge from you guys. Like give us, give us a challenge. Give us a, if give us the next step. Yes. Okay. Yes. I love this question. And I love this question because I've really had to think about this in my own life. Even I know people are probably like, what you work in ministry? Like you got that down. But I really like in my own life, ministry 
is kind of, it's my job. And so I really want my best leadership and ministry to happen outside of my nine to five hours here. And so like, for me, I've really found that at church. Church has been a place mm-hmm. where I've plugged in. And it honestly, we talked about it earlier, but I started just serving and then have gotten so many opportunities through that to mm-hmm. just like get to lead the college ministry at my church and things like that. And Ken's mm-hmm. has been the same way. Mm-hmm. She started just like on the welcome team. And then, you, you know, you just get <laughs> people door. start. Yeah. People start noting, noticing people who are willing to say yes mm-hmm. and who are consistent yes. in saying yes. And so if you start small in that way, I think that, um, God can do really incredible things. So I'd say either start with church or if there are a couple girls around you, mm-hmm. maybe they're a couple years younger than you, maybe they're peers and friends of yours. Like you can always gather three or four girls in your living room and start making a huge impact there. It doesn't, I think like, honestly, you can make a bigger impact when you start really small with one, two, three women. And then like, you never know what that can turn into. So I'd say those are two things. And then a third opportunity, we talked about this earlier, but um, really believe that as leaders, our greatest influence starts in the hidden place and mm-hmm. starts in the secret. Um, it starts on our knees, like in worship. It starts in prayer. It starts like in your, in the places where nobody's ever going to see you. And yeah. so we actually have a new thing that's out. It's called the tent, <laughs> which I know sounds crazy, but it comes from this piece of scripture in Exodus 33, where Moses would um, pitch a tent outside of the camp um, while the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness. He would pitch a tent outside of the camp and um, he would go there to talk to God. And when he would enter the tent, the mm-hmm. spirit of God would come and hover over the tent and all of the people in the camp yeah. would come and stand outside of their tents and watch and worship, which if that is not yeah. a picture of influence and leadership, then like, I don't know what else is. And so the whole idea of the tent is creating a space and a time. And we want to really resource you to encounter God in your every single day, because we believe when you do that, when you encounter God in your every single day, yes. your influence and your leadership just grows exponentially. Yes. So, yes. So the opportunity to be a part of the tent um, is actually kind of a short opportunity. It's going to be open for February 15th to March 15th. So if you're listening to this podcast and it is between those dates, you should sign up to be a part of it. If not, just wait, it will come back and you can be a part of it. But basically it's going to be a hub of resources to help you with your time with Jesus. I don't know about you, but oftentimes I'm like, what the heck do I do with my time with the Lord? Like I bounce (laughs) around in scripture. I don't know how to like totally connect in prayer. I get distracted. All the things where we want to help you do that. And we think it will have a huge impact on your life. I love that. Okay, guys, to wrap up, will you guys just... I'd actually love it if you guys would pray for us, would pray for the girls who are listening and just pray for all of us, just Mm -hmm. a blessing over us as we take steps deeper into our relationship with the Lord and also into leading because we love him and because we want other people to know him and know how much he loves them. So you guys can pick who does it. (laughs) I'll start you end. Okay. Perfect. Okay. We'll make it short though. God, you just thank you so much for every single girl that's listening to this podcast. God, for, um, or guy, I guess, if there's any guys out there, God, I just pray (laughs) if they even have the smallest little inclination on their heart or stirring in their heart, if their heart's beating a little faster, an idea comes to their mind or something they need to step into. God, would you first of all, just place those things on their heart right now? Um, in this stillness, in this place, would you place those things there if they're not God? 
And if they are, if they already know what it is, God, would you give them the courage to step into that? Would you stir boldness in their heart, God? Would you give them the first step, direct them, keep peace inside of them, God? Um, yeah, just be with them. I pray for courage, boldness, and so many new ideas that are going to change the world around us. Yeah, God, just help these women to be women who just seek you out in the quiet place. Like that's their first thing in the morning. They just want to be with you. Like last thing they do before they go to bed, they just want to be with you, God. We just really believe that um, the more that we are with you, the more that we know your words and your works and your ways, um, the more that we look like you and we look like your son and we want to look more like your son, God. We know that that's where our greatest leadership influence and um, skills and all of those things will come from. And so God, just give us hearts that mirror your heart. God, I am just so excited to see what stories will come from women who say yes to leadership. Um, maybe after listening to this podcast, God, we really believe that great moves of God will come from just some simple acts of obedience yes. that came out of this. So God, we love you. You're so good, so faithful. Mm-hmm. And it's in your wonderful name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. You guys, aren't Mac and Ken's amazing? I just love them and I loved our conversation. I'm so happy I got to share it with you. One thing I wanted to mention quickly is I know we talked about a ton in today's episode. And so if you want to find the links to any of those things, all you have to do is go to our website. It's girlsnightpodcast.com. And for every episode, we'll have a blog post with the show notes. All the links will be there for everything we talked about, including all of Mac and Ken's contact info so that you guys can follow them and so y'all can be friends. The other thing I wanted to mention is that if you haven't had a chance yet, it would mean so much to me if you would take a quick second to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. We have gotten so many amazing five-star reviews from y'all, and you've left the sweetest comments. It means the world to me, and it helps out the podcast more than you can imagine. So if you haven't yet, please take one quick second to leave us a rating and a review. Thank you so much. All right, friends, that's all we have for today, but we'll be back next week with another episode of Girls' Night, and it's such a good one. I'll see you then.